Yes, yes. Welcome to another episode of Views from the Box. I'm Daniel here with Nana and a special guest, Eric. Eric, how are you doing? I'm good, bro. I'm good, bro. Uh, obviously, things are looking a little bit positive for us. Uh, obviously, that will always lift the spirits. But yeah, man, other than that, life's okay. I'm blessed, man. I hope you boys are doing okay. I'm yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I could could be better if you came last week. You'd seem a big smile on my face, but something <laughs> happened at the at the is it the city ground? Forget yeah, that man. stadium. Yeah, to be fair, oh. I, I'm chilling still. I'm chilling, fam. I'm comfy, man. You're still I'm, top of the table, so of course yeah, you're comfy. comfy. Bro. I'm relaxed. <laughs> but <laughs> but let's start with United because they had two top six games this week and got four points and got four points. Um, look, listen, I won't lie. United recently have been doing well enough for the fans to be gassed. Like, I'm, I'm not surprised that you're happy, Rico. Against Spurs, that was one of the better United performances we've seen since Fergie left, if we're being honest. We've, yep. we, we've seen United play well. What a goal, sorry. <laughs> Oshiman just scored a bang against uh, Roma. But um, we've seen United play well since Fergie, but... This was United dominating a game and playing to a coach's philosophy. And we've hardly seen that since Fergie. And then against Chelsea, even though you drew and it was a last-minute draw, you're the better team most of that game. So how are you feeling, Eric? I mean, firstly, to um, pounce on your point, we have had games where we've actually played good. We've played decent um, since Fergie left. A lot of games have happened since Fergie left, but but the most important thing is that this is the first and only time we've controlled the game against Tottenham, that is. We've controlled the game pretty much from start to finish since Fergie left. United have never had a game where the whole way through, you're, you're comfortably saying United are winning this game. A big game, that is. You know, and so that's, that's refreshing. That's pleasing. Um, I think... You know, momentum is everything in football. Um, and I think Man United could not have been in a lower place at the start of the season. And it sounds cliche, but the only way was literally up. It was up. The way we finished last season and the way the season started this time around, honestly speaking, you're looking around, fans, players alike are thinking, here we go, literally, here we go again, here we go again. And the fixture against Liverpool was the turning point, in my opinion, because we're facing a rival at home who, let's be honest with ourselves, have absolutely been molesting us for the past couple of seasons. <laughs> and bro, what, wait, what was the aggregate score last season? 9 0 or was something, something like, like that? 8 0. Like, yeah, it was 9 But no, so like, when you add all of those things in place, coupled them, um, talked with the fact that this is a manager that really people actually were rooting for, people were actually, they actually wanted the majority of the fan base. It became a point of the players, they, they were embarrassed now. It became a point of, okay, fine, we can lose to a team like Liverpool or better than us, but don't put in the performances because last year I don't care what any anyone say. Man United on their day should not should not have lost nine 0 on aggregate. Liverpool can beat us home and away. They were that good last season, but not nine 0 Not nine 0 That team is not bad enough to lose nine 0 Like nah. so, 
it came it almost came to a pride thing where you're looking at the players like bros like you you guys need to now start picking yourself up for your own sake not even for man united for your own careers like how you're going to be spoken about so that's all it's sort of like kitchen sink but anyway um when it comes to when it comes to actual turn like turning point and where we're going from now it's it reminds me of when obviously Klopp came when Klopp came to Liverpool where hey, if you are now, no, now. <laughs> no the reason why I say that is hear me out it maybe it's a little bit different yeah in a sense but my thing is that as fans you are accepting what you're seeing and yeah. you have an identity that you can relate with all that's missing now are the players yeah, that to go into those positions because the things that he's trying to do, the way that the team is trying to play, you can see it. it's clear to see. Now, the good thing about it is that it's important for a manager to come in and his signings hit the ground running. I felt like any manager at United, every manager at United have been faced, it's, it's been almost been a case of they're an island within, you know what I mean, within a continent. But they Rico, what, what, do you, what do you think has changed? Because you said, yes, United are not nine nil a nine nil team behind Liverpool, and you said Liverpool is a turning point. But if you remember, after Brighton, uh, Brentford rather, you lost four nil. Everyone was getting onto the manager. Everyone was getting onto the players. Everyone was getting onto Lissandra Martinez. Everyone was getting onto Harry Maguire. The fans were getting onto Luke Shaw. If that was Oli, Oli plays the exact same team against Liverpool. But what did Eric Ten Hag do? He dropped Cristiano Ronaldo, he dropped Harry Maguire, and he started Lissandro Martinez. And that was the start of the Martinez, um, uh, Rafael Varane. Why do you think he's actually been backed like that compared to last managers? Because when last managers, you know, Jose will come, will speak about certain players, Van Gaal will do crazy things, like playing Ashley Young up top and playing Rooney midfield. Yeah, yeah, How come Ten Hag is getting backed and the past managers... Well, my 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 thing is my personal opinion on that is that we're now at a stage where we've tried everything. We've tried an experienced manager. We've tried a winner. We've tried a club legend. We've tried everything, and we've now come to a point where Ten Hag is okay. Yeah, we know him from Ajax. People that watch football um, often will know um, who he is and things like that, right? But He's coming to United almost as a, he has no allegiances. Rio Ferdinand is not rubbing his hands saying, give him the job now. <laughs> like, this is the perfect scenario where he can come in. Harry Maguire is not his signing. He can nah. drop Harry Maguire with absolutely no, zero chill. Like, he doesn't care. Going down to Ronaldo before he came to the job, what were the, what were the rumours? Ronaldo is not going to fit in Hug style, you know. That's what everybody yeah. was saying before he even came. Everyone so said that, yeah. Where we're at now is not a surprise. Ronaldo, what the 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 thing I'm saying is that what has happened has perf- has played perfectly in Ten Hag's hands. Ronaldo, he came in, he set the way he wanted to play. It's he even made Maguire his captain. He even came out and said he gave Maguire the back in. He gave all of them a rope to hang on. He played all of them. The same people he played McFred. Our first friendly was McFred. I believe, I, I can't remember, but I believe our first, one of our first 
He played the people that we're used to, right? He gave them all a chance. When you look at the changes that you mentioned, Martinez coming in and things like that, yes, from a footballing technical point of view, that has made a difference. But I think the number one difference is the attitude from the manager. There is nobody, there's not a single player at Man United who is untouchable. Even his own signing, if you notice, Malasia isn't playing anymore. Nah. Because he was poor in the Europa League game the other day. Poor. So he's setting a standard. You play bad, you don't play. And have you noticed that now Luke Shaw has gone back to the form that he showed in the COVID season, where he's yes. energetic, where in the build-up, he's actually yes. showing technical yeah, ability. Where his in contract, the- yeah. out, uh, I'm running up soon. That's why he's playing well. His contract is ending soon. <laughs> my, my theory is, is, is that uh, it's aligned with that as well. My theory is that if you know, if you remember Luke Shaw's form when Alex Tellers came. Tellers came as well. Yeah, that's what I was about and, to and say. And Malasia came. Malasia threatened his position for a couple of games and he thought, nope, let me hit the gym. Let me, let me go. Let me start running. And obviously, we, obviously, as a United fan, you'd rather see, you know, a player. For me, do you know what? There are a few players at United that, that really, that really get, that really get what, where they're at. And you have to go, you have to look at the oldest players like they hear. And if you remember, Luke Shaw was one of the very first signings. It was a Van Hal signing, I remember. Yeah, it's one of the one of the first signings after, yeah, after Moyes. After Fergie. Yeah, after Moyes, sorry, yeah. So what you what you're seeing now is obviously as the years came on, the the meaning of being here, the reasoning for players being here, it's just got watered down over the years. Players got away with everything. Players, players go on international duty. They speak how they like, and all of those things. Are the, they're the difference hey, now. Yeah, yeah, my, my <laughs> old friend, my old friend. Uh, I hope, I, I hope the stories are not true, man, and I, and I hope he's a real God fearing man. That guy ain't a God fearing man, <laughs> bro. I, I, no, no, I, I hope. Anyway, no, let me stop deviating. Um, but no, I think that to answer your question, to be fair, the main thing that has changed is the attitude from the coach. The attitude from the coach whereas this is not a boys' club. Mm-hmm. People don't this just because somebody is signed for a certain figure doesn't mean he has to play. Like, and that's how United should that's how any club should be, really. That is how any football club should be. You have to be competitive. Everybody has to have somebody behind him wanting to take their spot. And that has never happened up until now. And and for me, yeah, I think I think I think that's the main thing. But when he when you're talking about actual individual changes, Lissandro Martinez. Yeah. Lissandro Martinez has changed the dynamic of Man United's defense and dealing with pressure. Because yeah, sorry. No, no, no. What What do you think of Lissandro and uh, Nana? Because we we did get on to him, and yeah. look, listen. I think we might need to owe him a, an apology. We might not have been familiar with his game still. Yeah, trust he's, me, still. He's he's looking his game. Still. He's looking, sir. Yeah, I won't lie. No, he's, he's looking good. I'm not gonna lie. Also, he, it's highlighted that um, 
the, the, the Premier League's not what it was back in the day, fam. It's a bit soft now, fam. Because <laughs> <laughs> out of the strikers he's played here, the only strikers to actually try and bully him are Haaland, Welbeck, and Tony, fam. Apart from that, yeah, the strikers that he's come up against haven't really bully him like that. Shea Adams, he was winning headers and it wasn't, it was, a, it was more like a 50-50 battle. Like he had his, he had a bit of Shea Adams for a bit. But he had, he had Kane in his back pocket yeah, on Wednesday. That, that too. That too. Proper, so only proper, big, proper big in his back pocket. Yeah. And Kane's a big striker and yeah. even though Haaland's been doing very well this season, Kane has been doing also very well this yeah, season. Just Haaland, it's just Haaland has been dampening what yeah. Kane is doing this season and Lissandra Martin has made him look like a nothing striker yeah. that game. Lissandra's done well. So um, I think his next test that, that he'll probably come up against is probably Mitrovic. If yeah. he can do with Mitrovic, then he's like, <laughs> he's, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, you know what, he's not gonna pass that test, but United will probably win that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah is a bully. One thing I will say about Lissandro is that not a single United fan, any United fan who will come up and get to you and say, I knew he was gonna be like this, is lying. Yeah, I question his height. Yeah, every single United fan I know question his height. But one thing I did mention. Um, Daniel, remember in the group, there were a lot of talks about Cannavaro, Puyol, and those. You remember, we're talk- I was talking nah, about. To, nah, to be fair, you did, you did say the height is not that deep for a centre back. You I did say that. that. The reason why I said that was it comes down to the way the manager wants to play. Yeah. Yeah. It comes down to the way. So if you have a player where he's so good at what he does that you can accommodate him. Especially, especially a defender, you know, play, you know, wingers and those other flair position, creative positions. In certain games, you can't carry these people. But defenders, because mostly you're defending in packs now, right? You're defending in packs. So defend as a unit, yeah. Yes, Lisandro Martinez will miss a challenge, but Varane will get it. So ultimately. He looks like he got buoyed there, but United didn't concede. So you're not yeah. talking about it for, for, for another week. That's the difference this time. And I think the Varane injury is going to hurt us a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. saying that, saying that, the mentality within the squad, I'm expecting Lindelof to come in and just just pick up the same vibe everybody yeah, has. Just do the basics. Win your duels. Yeah, do the basics. Do the basics. Alessandro will do the rest, mate. Yeah. Just stand there and do what yeah, you got. There's one player I want to highlight that that's been stinking out for a while now. Jaden Sancho. Kennington where it started. <clears throat> no, I think the last time we spoke about him, we said that he's approaching flop territory. I think now, I think it's safe to say that Jaden Sancho has been a flop for United. Yeah. And Look, listen, Nana knows this all too well. Nic- Nicola Pepe came for 72 million. Did, yeah, a lot, did, a, did a lot better than what Sandra's done for United. But the fact that he got, you know as well, um, Rico, was a lot worse than what Jane Sancho's game. But Nana, what do you think on Sancho? Because to be fair, you, you weren't impressed with him quite early on. And... Yeah, uh, from earlier, I, I knew he wasn't, wasn't that guy, man. He talked too much, but yeah, but... Yeah, man. Like, okay. He, he, he's not doing the basics. Like, like Sancho in the basics. If Anthony, cool, he can't beat his man yet, but he's a threat in behind. He can get onto his left and take a shot. Sancho, what are you bringing to the team? Are you going to harass your opposition fullback? Are you going to start letting shots off off the cuff here and there? Or are you going to be a goal for him behind? It's like, 
what are you offering a team if you're not going to do what you're bought to do? And that's where Sancho is going to lose his place. Once United evolve and get that striker and that winger, Sancho will either be a bit part player or he phased out or he can get a revival and play as a midfielder like like, like Iwobi's done, revive his career and be a deep line playmaker in the midfield. Like Iwobi. Yeah. So, so, that, so, so Sancho, yeah, like, he, he needs to find find the position and find a way to re-evaluate his game ASAP. Otherwise, he's done at the highest level. He, yeah, yeah, he has to do that quickly. I, I feel like I fully agree with everything that you said. And you said he can reinvent his game like a Wobi, but I don't think it'll be at United because you can low-key see that Ten Hag is getting a bit tired with him. You saw yesterday, early 50 minutes, he's yeah. off for Fred. Yeah, Bro, that, that, is, that is damning. That is absolutely like, damning. Ten Hag sacrificed the team's shape just to get Sancho off. Just to get him off. Yeah, I, 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 it, that could... If he hasn't already broken, that could shatter her confidence, to be fair. Um, my thing is, United probably didn't know what they were buying. They definitely didn't yeah. know what the, they definitely they didn't, didn't know. know. Because when, when they were talking about Sancho, sorry to cut you off, they kept talking about him as a right winger, right winger, right winger, right winger. They, they always said, ah, oh, 20 goals, 20 assists. They thought that he was this guy who banged bare goals, get get the ball, absolutely rip his man, get him behind me, whipping balls in. They forget that they play a crazy high line up in Germany. So any player with a decent acceleration, yeah, is going to eat. And in Premier League, everyone is fast and no one's <laughs> going to give you that much space. Yeah, I, I mean, looking at how we want to play as well, looking at how we want to play is very, very, very hard to see what he can bring. Today, I actually flirted with the idea of United or Ten Hag actually changing shape. And bear with me here. I'm, I'm of the opinion that in the biggest of games, a United midfield that involves, somehow that involves Bruno Fernandes, the Fred we saw against Tottenham, um, Ericsson and Casemiro, like a diamond Damage. sort of thing, and then you have a you you have you have a Rashford, and maybe I don't know anybody Rashford and Anthony actually you have a Rashford and Anthony playing as as two false nine help you know one drop in one stays one drop one stays. I feel like if United can somehow gravitate towards that for now until they can actually get a proper winger. Because at the moment, well. yeah, a, a winger and a striker, because we don't have a Martinelli who will take you on relentlessly. Like, we don't have that. And yeah. you can see that's what Ten Hag wants. You can see it. And yeah. again, you got Saka Eva, who's going to be a yeah. 1v1 demon, take two, three man on, yeah, whipping like, crosses. For me, when we were linked with Victor Osimhen, yeah, I was, oh, I was rubbing my hands. I, I was like, bring this guy, bring him, bring him. He can such a defense. He can do that, man. But I'm happy with what we have, but let's stay on Sancho. I think Sancho, yeah, his game lacks so much pace. And intensity. And intensity that you're now wondering, okay, bro, like, how else can you, how else can you contribute to the game? Then you have to now take him from the wide to the centre. And when you're playing somebody like that in the center, you're thinking, all right, you have to be intelligent. I doubt Sancho has that intelligence coming in of, from, from the, from the, you, you know, left into midfield. Yeah, left into midfield. 
I look at somebody like Foden. Foden is not a winger. Plays out there, right? And that's a highly intelligent player who knows when he comes in field. He knows exactly, exactly what, what to, to do, do when he yeah. comes in field. Sancho, I can't see at all. And it's a shame because footballers, like footballers have proved to us that, yeah, some start career slow and by the time you know it, boom, slatten. Like, you know what I'm saying? By the time you know it, boom, they get they get better with age, certain players. We've seen that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But wing, with wingers, I don't know. <laughs> but we've, but we've also, we've also seen know. players who start off good young, they stagnate. And they and, and before the, we know it, they're playing for Besiktas, Deliani. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing is, we, we might be laughing now, but if after 2016, 2017, we're telling you that in 2022, England are going to go to the World Cup and Deli Ali is going to be nowhere near the squad, I, I would have been laughed out the room. And he's getting beat by Manchester's fans. I'll tell you what I think could potentially work with Sancho, though. I'll tell you what could potentially work. A really, really attacking fullback. Yeah, we, that, said, we said about we said that about Pepe and it didn't work out, bro. Like we've been there. <laughs> been there bro. We, we, we're saying, oh, we're trying to overlap Pepe so he can stay in the half space and, and just be in on goal. But then, um, you know what? It, it just couldn't a, work. There's an Arsenal, Arsenal United debate there where we could potentially stay in a different direction and ask each other, is Pepe actually better than Sancho, though? Like, one-on-one. <laughs> like, to be fair, Pepe, Pepe can, can, can at least stretch a defence. That's the bad memory. He can stretch a defence. <laughs> when he's on it, he can go in behind, get one-on-one and, and let a shot off. Wait, wait. All right. Sancho, yeah. I, I, do you know what? Man. You got me because I'm literally right now in my head like, I'm struggling to think what Sancho can do. <laughs> now, and, and, and that's just means he needs to fix I'm, up and he needs to I'm fix up bro, quick. Guys, Guys, I, I, I deep it. Start last last season, yeah. You could nah, say, no, wait, wait, nah. And I, I know what Sancho can do now. Nah. Like Daily Duppy, they need a new rapper. Like oh, Sancho can, you, <laughs> San, San, <laughs> Sancho can drop a Daily Duppy, bro. Like now, like I knew he was gonna flop last season, man. Like, like the whole vibe, the whole. I could just tell, man. He 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 that kind of a player, man. He ain't that guy. Like he was not going to take guys to the next level. When he, he needs came, a very specialized system for him to thrive yeah. at, at a top level. And I, right I, now, United can't provide him with that. And going forward, he's not a, the type of winger as Satan Hawk wants. And sorry to cut you, but when he came, yeah, United obviously we don't speak about number eleven, <laughs> but when he came, United had somebody on the right. Yeah, somebody on the left in Rashford. So you're not thinking they're young, they're they're homegrown. They're gonna push each other. They're, they're from the acad- They're from the academy. They're from the academy. What is Sancho gonna do? Like, what is San- See, Sancho? Sancho is even from the United Academy, from the cities. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, how is Kennington. he gonna? How is he gonna fit in here? Like United, obviously, even to this day, United are shamelessly trying to incorporate number 11 back and I, I, I can see it happening but that's a different position that's oh, a different uh, conversation uh, he's, he's gone um, he's been charged he's been okay there we go yeah there but yeah go. Anyway. I think a solution for Sancho is yeah go to Spurs the way Spurs playing it 3-4-3 three, three. you're counting the hot yeah counter attack mm-hmm. counting the hot space you have a wing back covering the, the wide areas for you I think that's that- something 
just something Sancho should explore. Spurs. With that negative manager, though. Oh, no, 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 not Conte, but when, when Poch comes <laughs> <I think> so. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That yeah. manager, boy. <laughs> when, well, I when Poch comes back here, or Spurs hire the next hipster coach who, who likes young players, yeah, on players of forward thinking football. I think Sancho needs to explore going Spurs to revive his career in the big six. Otherwise, he can think about, you know, Everton or who's, who's, who's up and coming in, in the top. Newcastle can do better than Sancho. Yeah, I'm mocking it. <laughs> yeah, Listen, I'm let, let, let's just see what Sancho does for the rest of the season. But as, as you've seen, guys, for us, he's on our fraud watch list. He definitely is. Uh, last he's he been on fraud since August 2021, man. <laughs> I was on him from day one. They man, they got a lot to do to come out of them. They still, they got a lot to do. No, they have a lot. United are going to stick with him. That's one thing I will say. United yeah, because, are because at least for this season. Because you can't do everything in one window. But come next summer, Santo will be a rotation player or he'll be on a transfer list to fund moves for better players. I don't think next summer, I'll, fit, I'll say within 18 months if he hasn't improved do not be surprised if United are looking to move him but we need to finish the United segment on one player who for me is an absolute embarrassment and I've been seeing a lot of ex-United players back him just because of what he was doing in 2017 2018 but this is 2022 I do not care who you are I don't care if your name is Pele I don't care if your name is Maradona I don't care if your name is Lionel Messi you do not walk off the pitch walk off the bench before full time for me that is abs- that's the also, epitome you don't of refuse to come on in the injury in, in time you don't refuse to come on you do you do what your manager says the manager's boss and I'm sorry I, I don't and I feel like Ronaldo's time at the top level, Ronaldo's time at United, for me personally, is finished. And and that's okay. People yeah. might say, oh, that's a controversial opinion. He's turning 38 in, in February. February. You don't it's expect okay many most... 38-year-olds to be bossing it week in, week out. Not Okay, yes, maybe Luka Modric is doing it at Real Madrid. But even Luka Modric gets rotated, and he's all right with it. But what do you guys think of Ronaldo? Because for me... What annoys me even more is the people who are defending him because I actually cannot see why you're defending Cristiano Ronaldo in my personal right, opinion. Roy Keane and Real Ferdinand, yeah, they've, they, they've disgraced themselves in the past. Yeah. As Real Ferdinand, the thing is with Real Ferdinand, maybe I haven't caught it because he was saying, I watched the, his live reaction after afterwards and he was saying that obviously, like, watch out for, for his full-fingered Monday that normally comes out. So, obviously, I'm waiting for that. But in terms of what he said, I'm trying to get my head around him defending him. I don't know. Maybe there are quotes that I've missed, to be fair, but I don't think from what I heard from him, it doesn't sound to me like he's defending him. I what he what said he on BT, he said that certain players need to be treated differently. And there was even a reply to his tweet that a fan was saying, if this was Anthony Martial, you wouldn't be speaking, you wouldn't be saying this. And then Rio replied to that saying, well, Ronaldo isn't Anthony Martial. And I'm thinking, firstly, that's very disrespectful to Anthony Martial. Secondly, why does Ronaldo need to be treated differently? 
it's as if people are actually not watching Manchester United for 90 minutes of football. People say, oh, Ronaldo still scores goals. But are we forgetting that Ronaldo went, what, 10, 11 games without scoring a goal? Yes, you can say he scored 18 goals. Okay, he scored a hat-trick against Spurs. He scored a hat-trick against Norwich. That's six goals. That leaves him with 11. And remember, he went nine games without scoring. He scored two against Newcastle. That's eight goals already accounted for so <laughs> that's eight goals that then that's 10 more goals and remember he went on these many dry dry streaks and also people should not forget michael carrick in his three games didn't play ronaldo he didn't play ronaldo against chelsea when you drew what ralph ragnick dropped ronaldo many times and now eric ten Hag is dropping him three different managers doing the exact same thing one common denominator yeah that's just my opinion <clears throat> um my views on the uh my views on it are quite simple. Like, when it comes to the United Legends, it reminds me of a time, yeah, where a little bit, a little bit of parable here. It reminds me of the time where I was very, very disrespectful to a teacher in school. That teacher <laughs> told my mom, right? And then my mom went into school and absolutely brushed that teacher, right? <laughs> brushed the teacher. I was surprised, like, she brushed the teacher, and then we got home, and then I got a grilling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where it's like your dirty laundry is back doors, isn't it? I think when it comes to the ex players, they're a disgrace, honestly, because <laughs> because in this scenario, my mom wasn't right. The woman was right because I disrespected her, mm-hmm. right? Look. Call a spade a spade. They come from a school, from an era where they're the greatest manager that they've had, Fergie. You step out of line, you were gone. The list is longer than my arm. Beckham, Keen, Keen himself. Like, do you know what I'm saying? So the, the level of hypocrisy is staggering. It's completely staggering. And it just goes to show, obviously, there's so many other facets of why Man United haven't been successful, but it just goes to show the mentality around the club, which has led to where we have, what we've become all these years. Yeah. All of this, all of this job for the boys. Pali, Pali. Ronaldo, Pali, Pali. He's Ronaldo. He's a legend. Bring the legend back. Oh, De Gea has been here for so long. He's won a title, so keep him in the sticks. Bro, he was playing rubbish. He should have gone. Mm. He should have gone. The man got given a new contract when he wasn't in form. So when it comes to that, I don't come, I don't agree. Do not agree with the ex-players not calling it as it is. But the public has woken up. I've seen on many, many platforms, a lot of people disagreeing with them. Um... And, and it's good to see. In terms of Ronaldo himself, I don't think my opinion... I think you can, you can guess my opinion already. From the minute... This is Ten Hag's first season. This is a new manager. We've had, in my opinion, and in many people's opinion, last season, honestly speaking, was the worst season I've watched Manchester United since the Premier League began. Yeah, worse than the Premier League. It was the worst Daniel, everything happened to us. We had people going jail. We had, like, it was the worst. Like, it was the worst. So many things happened in 
on and off the pitch. It was insane. You have a new manager, you have a chance for the reset button. Everybody around the club has accepted that. We've all come together in terms of fans that, do you know what? Forget the finger pointing, forget pointing at McFred, forget pointing at, at, at Maguire. Like we've come to that stage where let's just try and move this forward. The last thing we needed was our most senior player, the players that the young players looked up to, our most decorated. In fact, the best player of his generation. Oh, you know, one somewhere. One, one, one. <laughs> Nala was quick. He was so quick, you know. He did, that's, you why like... said, that's why I had to, bro. The guy was quicker than before I said some will argue. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, one of the one of the greatest players of our time, right? You have him in our squad. He knows his position. He knows his age. Galvanize the team that you claim to love. Show up for preseason. Help this manager. Help this team. Yeah, like be it's the coach in the dressing room. Yeah, be the coach. You've be won the senior everything. pro. This guy's running around to go and win the Champions League that, that he's won four or five times. Seriously? Like, whoring himself out all summer here just to be met with <laughs> public <laughs> statements saying that we don't want you. We don't want you. And let's not forget the time he said the truth will come out. We are still waiting. It's <laughs> <laughs> not out yet. Bro, we, we now know the truth. He doesn't need to tell us the truth anymore. We know what the truth is, bro. No one wanted you. I asked like, said, Ronaldo. <laughs> Napoli said, so, Ronaldo who? Constitution <laughs> was like, oh, oh, my dead body. I'll, I'll take the sack. You know, a lot of people are talking about, obviously, like releasing him and all of that stuff. I think then, 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 that's when you're actually entering the, the territory of disrespecting Ronaldo, and it? Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, you can't... I know how much he's disrespected the club, but it's time for the club to act in a dignified way and actually get rid of him when he needs to go. But he needs to go now, but he's playing a narrative that you guys have, have not allowed him to leave. So you just cut him loose. Cancel his contract and see who comes and picks up on the free. My my thing is, it's very difficult because I'm going to obviously sound like the pundits, but Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo can't be a free agent, bro. Like nah, he needs to hold it. He needs to hold it, fam. Cristiano Ronaldo cannot be an Arsenal fan, yeah. <laughs> no sentimental, fam. If a guy is actively trying to undermine a coach and the coach stands firm and banishes him. You back the coach. You reap the rewards. No, I back the coach completely. Yeah. Now, do you know what? It's a free... Ten Hag might be one of those it's a free strike and you're outing. Because this is the second strike. Yeah. Remember, he walked off in the last game pre-season. of pre-season. Yeah. And then obviously he's done it again. We might look at a position where... Come on, like Man United, end of the day, so it is also a results business. Let's face it. Yes, Ronaldo is not bringing much to the table. But, bro, I'd rather have something than nothing. Like, so, what if in January you go and get Gakpo and no, but Ronaldo? That's the, I, I think with, or, with, with or without Ronaldo, that's the plan. I even think that we were trying to get somebody this summer. I just thought Man United just, we just didn't have, we just, we just our coffers ran dry by the end. Yeah. We spent a lot this summer. You did. you did, you spent bad people. You know, we spend a lot of money. I, I think if Ten Hag want, really wanted to, because again, United being United, no matter what has changed, we still struggle to sell players. 
Yeah, yeah basically, when, when team is crap, it's hard to really start a deadwood. I, I can tell you. It's so hard. It is so hard because everybody has seen what they're like. Like, they've seen it. Yeah. Nobody wants to pay them. Yeah. You know? But then you also what you also get is mentality is like someone like Phil Jones, who DC United was actually going to pay him. They, they was going to, there was the 150 grand we give him. DC United was going to do that. This man did not take it. <laughs> like this man did not take it, you know. So you get that as well, isn't it? Like, um, but no, in Ronaldo's case, personally, it might sound like a sentimental thing, but I won't. There is a bit of sense. There is a bit of logic in my thinking. I.e., you know what? If worse comes to the very, very worst, like there is Ronaldo there. Um, up until January, and when you actually deep it, January is what about seven, eight games away. Yeah, it's not that far. It's not that far six, away. Six, six it's games. not that six far. Games. Six, six, six games away. Six, six league so games. It, yeah, five, it's six really. Games. It, it to be fair, like as much as okay, if Ronaldo turns around and do a madness next week, then I can hear, you know what, drastic action needs to be taken, right? But, but Rico, don't you think you said you said. Cristiano Ronaldo can't be a free agent. But don't you think you're thinking about Cristiano Ronaldo at Real Madrid? Because Cristiano Ronaldo, the player now, can definitely be a free agent. Why not? Like, he's why old. Can't, like, why can't he's this... 38 in Feb. Like, it's okay to be a washed old guy, fam. It is what it is. Like, you ain't going to be on top forever, fam. Like, but them man, they are not, them man, there are not any washed old guys. Them man, they are not Nedved or them, them man, they are... They are Ronaldo. Like I know, I know it's Ronaldo, but he's thirty eight in Feb. He's a big man. He's a big man now, Feb. Nah, but he deserves. He deserves. He, he doesn't deserve to go out like a sucker. He, he well, that's, that's his fault. But, but, but the thing is, if he doesn't deserve to go out like a sucker, don't act like a sucker then. Yeah. Don't act like Keep a your head down and grind. When when Ruben no, no. when Ruben Nestroy did what he did in the Carling Cup final, what did Fergie do? He said, "Oh, that's how you want to do me." Saying this. He ain't playing for me again. Uh, yeah, the next, yeah. the next season went to Real Madrid. But <clears throat> let, let's not pretend like Ruben Nistelrooy was a scrub. Ruben Nistelrooy was a top scorer and led Real Madrid to the league title the following season. Ruben Nistelrooy then was better than what Ronaldo is now. But what does Sir Alex Ferguson do? He got rid of him for the greater good of the team. And let's but when, not, when but let's, the question is, the question but, is, and when? also, and also, let's not forget this. United weren't United that we think of now. United were just going through the third season without winning the league. And also, you say, you say when. That was after the League Cup final. The League Cup final is normally played in February. So, Fergie couldn't have got rid of him in six games' time because there wasn't any transfer window. Eric Ten Hag can. Eric Ten Hag can. And that's what I think Eric Ten Hag should do. Yeah, exactly. But I do, that's what I do agree with you. That's what, That's why I even brought up the fact that we only have six games. I'm saying I'm against the notion of Ronaldo being released before it before the next transfer window. You get me? I'm against the notion that Ronaldo should be released today, for example. Ronaldo Boy. should go in January when the time is right. Basically, he's a controller that he all has to do is come out, apologize, keep his head down, grind in training, do what do what's asked of him, play when, when he needs to be. Give him a chance, give him the chance now. Bro, like you've messed up. The literally, the door is this wide. You've messed up. Everybody's all eyes are on you. Go out like a champ. 
or go out and be remembered of of the Ronaldo that we're seeing tonight um, to, at the minute, isn't it? Six uh, games to go. Yeah. That's it. Six games. Yeah. That, anyway. that, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> that's not about that's not about United. Yeah. We need to discuss. Liverpool fam, United's ah, most rivals. Bro, I, I, I was yeah, hoping like I was hoping I could sneak to you all. Well, well, no, 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 you, you could... kept the United talk guys for a while, so Hello, I bro. Nah, I'm really here for Liverpool. Nah, what happened yesterday, Tywo? What happened yesterday, man? Talk to me, bro. Uh, to me. Conceding two plus X to Nottingham Forest. Worst side in the league. Look, I'll I'll speak about two things. I'll speak about on the pitch and I'll speak about off the pitch. On the pitch, you look at that lineup and I'm thinking today's gonna be long, but but we should win this game. Mm. Don't I'm not gonna come here and say, Oh, I thought we we're gonna lose because no, only losers say that there's no reason why you should lose to bomb of the table, not him for us. And even when we lost, you're watching that game and thinking, if Liverpool just had a bit of sense, they would score goals. There was no quality in that team to break Nottingham Forest down. And that, for me, goes back to off the pitch. Tiago was injured. Um, he had an ear infection. <laughs> and we... To be, fair, we to, to be fair to him, those are quite painful. For me. No, 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 no. It, it, like, to be fair, it, I do agree. Ear infections are painful and it's a valid reason for him to miss the game. But then we're left with Fabino. We started Curtis Jones and then we brought on Jordan Ox. Henderson Ox. and then Ox. The reason why I say we go back to off the pitch, when was the last time Oxlade-Chamberlain was available for Liverpool 10 games in a row? When was the last time Thiago was available for 10 games in a row? When was the last time Naby Keita was available for 10 games in a row? So that's three out of what our eight midfielders so that we can't rely on When was the last time eight? you guys bought an outfield midfielder for him? Ex- bro, that's, that's exactly what I was getting to. If me as a fan who follows Liverpool, yes, I'm a fanatic fan, but I don't spend every day. I'm not employed by the club to look into these things, can know that, look, the majority of our midfielders are injury prone. Why can't A, the coach, and B, the recruitment team see the same thing? And what we're seeing now is just a combination of that. Yes, we, we might say, yes, we have injuries, but we have that two seasons ago. That should have been a wake up call to be like, look, let this never, ever happen again and it's happened two seasons later and now we can't even buy a win away from home the only win we've won away from home was against Rangers and let's be honest that's Rangers Rangers are crap so are Nottingham Forest and we haven't invested in quality and it hurt us now we thought we can be at the top forever it was just going to be us and City Arsenal look they played how many games have Arsenal played they played 11 1-9 lost one drawn one Look at Man City. Man City are still doing the thing. Man City won the league back to back and they went to go and buy Erling Haaland. Not even people only, only talk about Erling Haaland. They also bought Alvarez, who's also a young striker. Fernandinho, people, people, two, three seasons ago, people think that, oh, how can City replace Fernandinho? They got Rodri. 2019. And then look, who else did they get? Calvin Phillips. Now they have two, two DMs. You saw what Ferguson used to do. When, when players were coming to the end of the peak or when players were going out of line, he replaced them, he replenished them. And the thing is, I sound like a broken record, but this is what the top teams do. And this is what Klopp, and yes, I'm mentioning Klopp, because people always want to talk about FSG, but Klopp is complicit and you have to blame him. You have yeah. to look at him. Right. His He's trans- the reason why Nunes is not at 
at Liverpool right now, Matthias Nunes. Exactly. His trust in mediocre players, his trust in players who are actually not that quality. There's a reason why we still have Oxford Chamberlain. There's no reason for Oxford Chamberlain to still be at Liverpool. Like, to be no fair, re- anytime you guys put Ox on a transfer list, he gets injured in preseason. <laughs> well, that that is true. There's no there's no reason. This summer we were negotiating Nabi Keita's contract. I do. There's so many Nabi sexuals on Twitter that'll come out with XGA, XYZ, um, chances created, all that nonsense. But bro, if this guy can't be fit for ten games in a row, who the fuck cares about all his stats? So for <laughs> Liverpool, it's down to a lack of quality and arrogance off the off the pitch, and also players who. We thought we're good, just playing shit. Joe Gomez, he locks up Haaland in on last week Sunday. Then midweek, Bozo gives a penalty away, and then that free kick. Exactly what he did for that free kick. Go watch the Napoli highlights when Liverpool played uh, Napoli. You'll see he did the exact the Wait, exact same thing. Can we highlight that um, well, Gomez watch is fake, fam, and that your fans need to apologize to a certain Benny Blanco, fam. Look, listen, shut up, man. <laughs> I'm not apologizing to no Benny Blanco. You need to hold you need to hold that. <laughs> all right, all right, cool, cool. Say no more, say no more. But anyway, but yeah, my Liverpool here, yeah, like we saw this from Malloway back in 2020. I remember when we said it, oh, after the Champions League year, you guys should have really started to have a, a succession plan in place for when the old guard eventually lose their legs so that they have someone there to, you know, take their place and take the pressure off. Look at Fabino, 28. He looks dead on his feet, fam. My guy is moving he's like 28 a... years old. He's 28, bro. He's well, moving like a 35 year old. This has to now, like Daniel says, you have to, you at some at so many levels, you have to look at clock. You yeah. have to. Yeah. Like you, he's he's, he's left Liverpool yes, you too much in one go. There's too many players with this. Klopp's reputation has, has let him get away with murder, in my opinion. Because if this was any other manager, when I mean any other manager, even, even if this was Pep. People have been getting onto more than Klopp, but go on, Rico. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was going, I was just going to say, like, there actually is some form of a, a, a revolving door. Not to the extent that Liverpool fans would like, because when you face it, your rival, that city, it's hard because they are so they are so good, they're so relentless, like yeah, in terms of, of bringing. Because of Pep, but at the same time, bro, like before, even before Pep, though, their recruitment has been on point. Now, if you remember, each time C won the league, the following summer, they wouldn't go out and strengthen the team. They would go for cheap options. For example, when mm. they beat you guys to the title and go to France, they got they got Jack Rodwell instead. When they beat um, Liverpool to the title, they went and got Wilfred Boney, which are rubbish they go and buy Mangala. So, Ali so Kuman, yeah, 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 yeah. So, if you look back yeah. at it's just, just Pep. Pep has just come and transformed the place I see. All sorts of the manager. Even look at Arteta when he first came in. He told the ownership straight. We need the money. We need to spend. We need to cash out. And what's happened in the last few years, we've been spending money anyhow. Fam. So Klopp really and truly should have used his clout and leverage here to loosen the purse strings. But from FSU, at the end of the day, it's the Klopp show, fam. You run the place. You're he the runs guy. the place. He's the biggest name there. Uh, and yeah, like you said, it's, it's the show, but I don't know, but I think when I look at Liverpool, I feel like I feel like whenever they go through or whenever there's a transitional period, just like the first time to get them to the title, it's going to take time again. Because when they're spending, 
they're not spending on the same quality as Man City, as even Man United, Chelsea. Yes, you can look at Klopp for that in his choice of players and, and his targets, but the reason why Klopp is getting away with murder, so to speak, is that when the when it comes together, it's it looks, damn good. It looks yeah, it very, is. very, very good. So Liverpool are trying to rebuild, yes, but... It's too much to do at one time. It's too much to do at one time, but then you have to ask yourself a question as a fan, Daniel, is... Do you have the patience to give him another four or five years like you did the first time around? Because that's and exactly that's why future proof is take. important. That's why future proof is important. Yeah, uh, exactly what Nana said. Sorry, that's why fu- future. Na- na- that's why future proofing is important. After we what we win the Champions League in 2019, how can we go and get Harvey Elliott and Adrian after we win and the Seth league Vanderberg. and Seth Van der Berg? Who look out of those three players that we've. But after we won the Champions League, how many of them are actually important to our first team? Elliot. And the only reason why Elliot is that important is because of injuries. After we won the league, yeah, okay, yes, Thiago, Jota. But, but was enough? Those were good signings. But, bro, you can't tell me that that team only needed two signings. With all these little investments, that is why literally we have so much to do that is why we might not need to have the patience if you go through the team yes Allison, one of the best keepers in Premier League yes five years more on, on, on him keep, 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 keep him there and in terms of left backs Timika just needs to step up but we had we had the right idea there in terms of centre backs look listen our centre backs were injury prone we knew they were injury prone we we we, we might be in a situation where we might need to get one or two centre-backs, not in one summer, but over the next 18 months, needs to be done because we can't be putting our trust in Matip. We can't be putting our trust in Kanate in terms of fitness. And in terms of quality, we're now seeing we can't be putting our trust in Joe Gomez. Trent Alexander-Arnold, I'm not going to proper get onto him. I'm seeing some Liverpool fans just chat absolute nonsense. They're doing the same with Fabinho, saying that, oh, he was always shit. No, there's a reason why Trent Alexander-Arnold, we were loving him because he was quality. But if a people quality... underestimate, Trent has played a lot of games. No, he's played a lot of games. Physical and mental burnout is key. Okay. But he's also suffering from lack of competition because if Trent doesn't play, James Milner plays. And look, listen, before I got on to James Milner, I'm not even going to get on to him because it's not his fault he's playing this many games. And to be honest, at the end of the day, even when we're playing shit, He's still one of our better players trying his best. Also, and it, yeah. the fullback you guys bought to, to, to deputize for Trent is injured, fam. Calvin Ramsey, yeah. I don't I, I don't know how he got injured that quickly. And then you get on to the midfield, which is where the key... If you want to look at Liverpool's issues, just look at the handling of the midfield. Look at every single player. And apart from Thiago, the last time we bought any of those midfielders was 2018. Can you imagine, since 2018, Liverpool have only bought one central midfielder. Do you know how absolutely poor and gross... Like, that is gross negligence at the highest order. So, look, listen, it's going to be a long season for Liverpool. The only thing that gives Liverpool hope is the fact that Spurs, United and Chelsea are all inconsistent. But Liverpool are playing with fire because this is the second time in three seasons where we're battling to make top four and that is not good. Because don't, I, don't underestimate Newcastle. They're lurking. There's I, Newcastle yeah, as well. I, I, I think Liverpool, when you're coming from such a high, when the bar was so high, I don't think you can necessarily compare yourself. Not compare, but I don't think you can say 
you're like you're in the top four race. The reason why I say that is if you do make the top four race, it's still a bad season for yeah. you. Yeah. You could say, considering, considering how the seasons panned out, it's good. But that was this top four, it's not, was not your desired result no, coming into wasn't. the season. So top being in the top four race has made the season a bad one. But what, what another thing I would say is Liverpool have the ability to win it at the death, just like they made the top four the other last season or so. Not a couple, yeah, two seasons ago. Yeah, just like you. Yeah, you can the switches can turn on straight away and you go on another insane run like you normally do. Yeah, 10 games. Or <laughs> just 10 games, isn't it? Or it just goes south. It just it's just a nosedive thing. And not to say like I'm talking about 11 for anything, but I'm talking about you will never get that consistency. Whereas you will turn up against the city, turn up against the United and beat those teams and things like that. But then when it comes to like a sustained period of form, it, Daniel, it may just be that this season. It may just be Liverpool are literally like up and down, up and down all the way. Do you know what I mean? That's And this was going to lead me to my question to you is, do you actually see yourself finishing in the top four? At this present point in time, no chance. Absolutely no chance. The reason being is there's too many players I can't trust fitness-wise. There's too many players I can't trust form-wise. I, every game I go into, the only player at this present point in time that I can trust that will give me a seven and out of ten and above performance is Allison. Allison, yeah. Trent, I have no clue what he's going to bring. Virgil, yes, he's been good recently, but I still don't know what he's going to bring. Robo has been run into the ground. I don't know what he's going to bring. Fabinho, if it was up to me, use his rep. He came 14 in the Ballon d'Or. Use that, sweeten, sweeten that up a bit and sell him in Jan. That's how, that, that's how ruthless I want Liverpool to be. Um, Thiago, I can't trust him. Henderson, look, listen, he's 30, 31. He, he was, when he was at his prime, yes, he was a good servant and he did very well, but he wasn't, in terms of quality, wasn't that high and he's yeah. gotten older. So the quality has gone down. In terms of our forwards, the only forward at this present point in time that I actually trust, and this is going to make you laugh, is Luis Diaz and uh, Darwin Nunes. Those are the only two. Everybody else, I don't really trust. Well, uh, Bobby. I'm not letting Bobby Purple Patch fool me. I'm a Liverpool fan. Uh, 2018 was the last time I seen Bobby for a full season. Bobby has started the season very well. Don't get it twisted. But Bobby was on the pitch on Saturday. Yeah. Don't get that twisted. He was on the pitch. Isn't Bobby's USP dropping deep, linking, building, yeah. building up? How come he didn't do that on Saturday? It's funny when Bobby scores, people are oh, Bobby, Bobby, I love him. But when Bobby's crap, people... People ignore it, so I'm not letting that. It. Yeah, yeah. And also, Diogo Jota, love him to bit, but first he's injury prone. Secondly, go and check his goal scoring drought. That's gone under the radar. It's close to 20 games now. If you don't believe oh, me, wow. go. If you don't believe me, go check it. If you don't <laughs> believe me, go. If you don't believe me, go check it. If you don't believe me, go check it. And I'm, me, I'm, 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 I'm astonished. I'm actually astonished. Exactly. And for me, like, there's so what? many things. Yeah, that yeah, he hasn't scored since Norwich. That's one of Emirates. Uh, Norwich. Norwich, Norwich, Norwich. That's what back end of last season. Back end of last season. He's he's the Norwich game. It was if the Arsenal game was I'm pretty sure the Norwich game was after the Arsenal game. But the thing is the thing is people might say, Oh, you're being harsh. But look, listen, like Eric said, our aim 
was not to go into the season and compete for top four. Our aim was to, we missed out on the season by one. Let's go. We can't be carrying um, players through the USPs to link up play and against a deep block is doing fuck all. We can't be carrying players that is injury prone and is not scoring for 20 games. We can't be carrying these players and the standards need to be high. We need to stop being sentimental. I feel like us fans, some fans will get onto Klopp for being sentimental and he's way too sentimental. But so are so many of our Last fans. Last time Firmino scored a league goal was 2nd of April, 2-0 win against Watford. You mean uh, Jota, you mean? Yeah, Jota, yeah, Jota. Yeah. 2nd of April. Game week what? Uh, boy, that's what Watford, yeah. So let me work my way back. Basically, it was in the running. So look, 2nd of April, the, the season ends in May. And yes, I, I, I remember we have Champions League games, which we went all the way. We have yeah, FA Cup. We have it was, F- it was a before, before the quarterfinal against Benfica. We have FA Cup games, which we went all the way. And then we've also had this season. Granted, he has been injured. But look, listen, that's why for me at this present point in time, unless these players go back to playing at the level at which got them to the reputation at the level Liverpool are, I see us finishing fifth or sixth, even not seventh. Without bad at the moment, we haven't won a away game all season in the league. Yeah, that's bad. Like, if and we play two it, promoted teams away, two promote a team that a team that nearly won the quadruple plays two promoted teams away, loses one, draws one, and the game that they draw, they only played well for eighteen also, minutes. Also, you guys are scary territory because um, if you remember clearly, Wenger's last season we won fifteen home games, but we only won four away games, and we came sixth. So. You guys need to rectify That's what I, do you know. Exactly. The thing is, that's what I was going to say. Like, these things sound very, very familiar to the times United finished seventh. These are the kind of stats I used to hear. We haven't won the single away game. These are the kind of things you hear <laughs> when, the team, when the team is about to finish sixth or seventh. These scary stats, yeah, they don't go away. Do you know what I mean? They don't, they linger. And do you know what? It, it's, it's unfortunate, but do you know, like, Another elephant in the room, because of his form, we have to talk about is Mo Salah. Yeah. It's Mo Salah. So do you feel like, I feel like ever since Mo Salah went to the AFCON, AFCON came back, won the AFCON, I'm sorry, lost, uh, lost the AFCON. Lost qualification as well to Senegal. Lost qualification to Senegal. We're looking at a different player in terms of Firstly, in terms of mentality, and then secondly, I felt at that time I was just putting, I was like, you know what, he's tired, he's fatigued. That's why I was putting it down to personally. But then we enter a new season, and don't get me wrong, like it's not like he's gone through a bowl drought, you know, he, he's still picking them up here and there. But this is not Mo Salah, this is not the Mo Salah that we know. And Daniel, what do you like? What do you think is behind that? Because I, I, I've given you my opinion, I thought. Since after the Afcon, I thought something like he came back a different man. But what do you think? Like, what's the reason why he's not producing what we're used to? Like, at, at this pr- present point in time, I'm not sure, but he needs to he needs to fix up. Otherwise, he can fuck off next summer as well. And like pe- people, might say, "Oh, that like people that listen to this might say, oh, Daniel, you're being harsh.' Blah blah blah. Salah." Le- held Liverpool to ransom last season. The only reason why Salah got away with it is because Salah was doing very well for Liverpool. He was performing at a level where people were calling him the best player in the world. His agent was coming out, taking the piss out of Klopp, taking the piss out of the agent, taking the piss out of Jamie Carragher and our legends. And we all know that 
when agents come out and speak, it's basically an extension of the player. So Salah was basically telling his agents to take the piss out of Liverpool to get a big payday. Fair yeah. enough. I'm not, I'm not saying he shouldn't have because Salah was performing at a level where he deserved it. So I'm not going to be reactionary. I'm not going to talk with hindsight. Salah deserved doing that. However, when you do that and you get that payday, show that yeah, you deserve through. that. Follow through. Show why. Don't prove the owners right. Because the owners were reluctant. The owners were thinking you're about to turn 30. If we're being 31, if we're being honest, if we don't give you this contract and we want to sell you, your options are really not that much. He's proven the owners right. He's proven the owners' hesitancy right. Because, yes, he scored against City. And last week, if anyone remember, we said, look, we hope there's a springboard for Salah. We played two games since then. And Salah's USP is goals and assists. That's his USP, goals and assists. West Ham, no goal, no assist. Against Forest, four passes in the whole game. Worse than that Lukaku game where we all took the piss out of him. So he needs to step up because if he was just, okay, he's getting assists here and there, I'll be calm. But Salah is basically playing at a level of a newly promoted championship winger. No, he's like, no, he's no one like Alba last season, where there's no making no runs in behind, not shifting from his defender, static in the, in the final third. He's moving like Alba, fam. He's smelling of Alba right now, fam. No so, movement. So for me, Rico, I'm not, I'm not sure what the issue is, but for me, I'm not, I'm not ready to carry passengers. I'm not, I don't have patience to will they, won't they. For me, if that's two and three seasons for a lot of players, I'll be perform below par. We need to be ruthless and get rid. Salah, he's not getting any younger. And there's so many, so many wingers. I just watched Napoli versus Roma. Kavarskelia, what a scary winger. That's that's just one example. And there's so many on the market. Fabinho, We're linked with him, by the way. He's he's a baller. Fabinho, he's he's running through quicksand. Bro, I'd rather have Declan Rice than him. I'd rather have Bruno Gimares than him. Yes, they're going to be expensive, but this... and. I'm not saying we're going to get them, but those are just two examples off the top of my head. And I know there's plenty more examples. Oh, if we Florentino Luis, Benfica. Exactly. We oh, can't, mate, that's my guy. We Luis can't be standing guy. still because with us standing still, if he stands still, if we say, ah, oh, Fabinho will come through, Salah will come through, before you know it, us losing to Arsenal is going to be normal. Us losing to United is going to be normal. Us losing to Man City is going to be normal. Just like the old days. Us having tight games and losing to Chelsea is going to be normal. Oh. And then just like um, the old days, fam. And Love boom, the top four, the top four will you there. We circle back. That's the old days. That's football. So, so for me, it's either Salah fixes up, Fabino fixes up, all these players fix up, or they get the fuck out of Liverpool. I'm so like, it will sound disrespectful. Yes, thank you for everything you've done. You're Liverpool legends in my in my eyes, and. Yes, I respect you. you guys were world-class players. But when it's time to go, it's time to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah it the, is, man. The, the, it's, just, it's business end of the day, man. Like, Wenger got rid of Vieira in 05, 40 million. He refused to give Perez a contract. Like, it's just business, man. It's just business. It's just shit happens. But, but, uh, but yeah, that's, 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 that's Liverpool for me, man. Um, yeah, no, you know, I, 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 that, Darwin Nunes... Yeah. Um, <laughs> before <laughs> before we move on, I just wanted to ask you. Uh, you know what? I remember before before the, before he came in, and obviously, like we knew Harland was going to see. 
And obviously the talk was who is going to score more goals in it. <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> no, listen, we were gas. Nah, look, 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 listen, we were gas, we were gas. I was gas, look, listen, I was gas, I was gas, I was gas. That's what I'm gonna say. I was gas. You guys almost had me. You almost had me. There was a point where I was like, nah, you know what? It's a finish like Nunes here, he plays like he's popped a perk from. That's how that's how, that's how he plays from. He's, like he's, he's on a perk from. Fam. But I think buddy. he's gonna come good though. I actually think I actually think like he's a player that's built for the Premier League and very yeah. rare, but he's I'm not gonna down. lie. The, the amount all I will say, exactly all I will say to Liverpool fans is we've held it for the last three or four years. So I am I have no remorse. Like I have I don't care what you lot are going through. <laughs> like United fans, we have held it from you lot. We've held it for the past three or four years. So like yeah, I'm here to give it. Nah, I hear that pause. I hear that. I, I fully hear that. But look, listen, nah, Nana's been waiting that patiently. Because Nana, because now nah, we now nah, we need to we need to chat about Arsenal. We need no, to chat no, about Arsenal. Hats off to Arsenal, bro. Like you gotta hats off to Arteta. Cause you because the Arsenal fans, the Arsenal man them, they did not, they did not rate Arteta. Yeah. No Arsenal like, fans. They didn't respect what he was doing for them. If you, I'm happy you, Erica said this because a lot of people will be like, oh, rival fans didn't respect Arteta. Yeah, you're right, but neither did some of your fans. Yeah. So None yeah, of yeah. your fans did, bro. Like, 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 he got him all from, from, from Arsenal fans because even talk about to when he banished Alba from, they were like, oh, who's Arteta to be banishing Alba? Alba uh, um, is a big player. He's supposed to manage personalities. Mm. Like, one thing Arteta our rate is like, he ain't scared to be the unpopular guy. You know, Ozil has been a waste of space. Told him to allow it. Banished him from the team. Banished Alba and he's been proven right. But yeah, man, like it's just a accumulation of two years of hard work. Obviously, Arteta himself has not been perfect. He's had his moments where you're thinking, this is a bit spooky, not gonna lie, fam. Like you're you're scaring me, but everything's going seemingly well right now, fam. Like nine wins, one draw, one defeat. Like we, we are firmly in the title race. Don't the Arsenal fans are pushing out, fam. If you're top here, you've won nine games out of eleven year, brother, you're in a title race, fam. Like you can't can't, can't run from it, fam. No, 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 I'm not. I, I, I can't hear that still. I, no, I can't hear that. You have to keep going. I, maybe what, what it is now, what it is now, you guys are in, you guys are at top of the league at the minute. And there is no, like, there is literally virtually no title race in October. Like, there's no title race in October. What, Nothing what, is won in October. Why, why would you say there's no title race in October? Because nothing is won in October, especially in this particular season where we know a World Cup is going to do so much to so many different players. Like, there are players that are going to go into the World Cup, they're going to go far into the World Cup, come back disappointed, or the other way around. Go into the World Cup, win it, come back euphoric, and then their team isn't doing well. Like, you get, you, you, you get so many scenarios where... One thing Arsenal need to do, I was saying it to an Arsenal friend of mine today, one thing you guys need to do that's vital in the next six games is keep that momentum. Because when players go to the World Cup, I don't know how many of your players are going, but when players go to the World Cup and, and come back, it's important for them to come back, to want to come back, if that makes sense. It's important yeah. for them to be out there and whatever goes on at the World Cup, to be like, right, cool. It's time to get back to Arsenal. Do you know uh, what I'm saying? Luckily, um, Partey ain't seen the second round. Tomiyashi ain't seen second round. 
Saka will be back by the quarterfinals. Wait, you, you, wait, you ain't waiting Japan's thing now? Bro, they were in second round, bro. God, they were in second round. Bro, uh, Saka will be back by the quarterfinals. Later. Wait, you. All I'm saying is, I, I have, I have a cheeky feeling that man like Jesus will see a final. You know. Oh yeah, he's the only player who's gonna get substantial minutes because he'll probably start for Brazil and get to the final. Gabriel is not a starter; he's a rotation option. So he, he yeah, 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 yeah. The final. Martinelli might not even make the squad. Yeah, he's not going, fam. Check who's in his position: Neymar, Rafinha, Vinicius. He ain't touching that playing bro. Is yeah, it? Yeah. Is it? Oh no! That I thought that brother was Brazilian, but he's Portuguese. The one from AC Milan. Oh, Leo. So, so for Arsenal, we're lucky, fam. Like all the guys ain't going World Cup. Ben White might not even get called up, fam. Even if he goes, he's gonna be chilling on bench, fam, relaxing, bro. So you never know if the way England are moving, they might need a right back. Yeah, but I don't, I don't trust. I don't trust the way it's called. You get me, fam. So Arsenal, <laughs> yeah, I'm chilled, fam. Like the only player who's gonna get substantial minutes is Jesus potentially. Leaving that's not guaranteed because what about what about Granite Shaka, Switzerland? That's the only player that will probably get a lot of of mileage on on Granite Shaka will play, and he's somebody in central midfield that you have to say has been has turned his his career and life around, bro. He's our most durable player at at a club. This guy can play for days. Ninety minutes for ninety minutes. He's very durable. Like his lungs are made of iron, bro. Like this guy does not get injured. Yeah, he's always fit, doesn't get tired. So I, I, I watched you guys' last two games. I, I watched um full 90 minutes of your last two games, and you the same spark that you had at the start of the season. I feel like second half of games in the last two games, especially that's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. You have been showing displaying clear signs of fatigue. In the like, last two games. Today, I wouldn't attribute this fatigue as per se. Today was just a complacent second half, in my opinion. It wasn't tiredness. It was just very complacent because it wasn't like the game. It was mm. just, it wasn't end-to-end. It wasn't like Southampton were physically pressing us. They were sitting back most of the time. We were just, like, see, they cool in our passing. Our passing was not accurate. Like, I would attribute that to tiredness. Leeds game, maybe, because we just come back from two, three high-intense games. Spurs, Bordeaux, Glimpton, Liverpool. So I could accept the fatigue excuse, but today it was not fatigue. It was a just... lot of your guy, a lot of your guys play when um, Thursday and weekend, Thursday and weekend because yep. didn't, didn't Jesus play in the Europa yeah. League? Well, but luckily we, we qualified now. We can afford to now rest. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, that's so... a that's a big luxury that yeah. not many teams have. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Like you look at right now, we're almost for October. So not run for us is our final game in October. Then two more games for the World Cup. We're just going to grind it out for the next three games and just remain in the top two, come the break, then come back replenished and get two signings in Jan. We, we need the midfielder and an attacker in January. Otherwise, we will crumble in the running firm because it's a long season. We need that extra body. I, I got a question as well. When we were talking a minute ago, obviously, on the Liverpool segment, Trent, we spoke about Trent and one of the things you spoke about was his lack of competition. I've always wondered from the outside, especially now that Pepe's gone, who is Saka's competition? Like that, as I said, in general, we need to go and get an attacker who can come yeah. in and play both sides. Yeah, even if it's not competition, because... someone who can. What's the word I'm looking for? Be a competent rotation option. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Get yeah, sixty yeah. minutes. The game's won. You can bring him on, and you won't see a drop in quality like that. Just come in, keep it ticking over, do the basics, stretch. Yeah, back. but do you know what thing <laughs> we're sleeping on? 
low key. ESR has not played this season at all. Yeah, and he's, Arsenal, he's, he's back after the World Cup. He's back after the World Cup. And you know when Pete, the whole cliche when and somebody comes back from England, yeah, he's like, like a new signing. New, like a new signing. But ESR is definitely going to be like a new signing because yeah, yeah. you saw last season, he was rotating with Martinelli on the left. If Arsenal, this is a big if, if Arsenal get another forward, you now have somebody that's a competent substitute for Martinelli. You now have somebody that's a, a competent substitute that's for Saka. Because one thing that I've noticed with Arsenal last week and what, from what based on what you both of you have said for this week is when the going gets tough, for teams like Liverpool in the past, when we were bringing on Origi with, with Manchester City, with Manchester United under Sir Alex Ferguson, when the going gets tough, you look at your bench, you bring on a player and he saves the day. He re-energizes the team. Even look at Real Madrid on the weekend; they were not, they were struggling against Sevilla. You bring on Asensio. Lucas Vasquez, you bring on Asensio. Asensio, you bring on Lucas Vasquez. Look at Real Madrid's second goal. Asensio was important in the build-up. Lucas Vasquez scores it. I feel like the drop-off in quality at the moment for Arsenal. And look, this is this is not this is not a bad thing. This is just what happens when you're trying to become yeah. the best team in the league. This is what happens when you're trying to build up. It happened with Liverpool in the build in, in our come up. It happened in Pep's first season. The quality, the drop-off in the first team needs to improve. And I feel like that might that's what has been affecting Arsenal because I was hearing when Odegaard came off for Vieira, the drop-off in like the control and the quality of the team went down because the drop-off yeah. from Odegaard to Vieira is, is stark. And we just... That's what Arsenal need to address, and they need to make sure that they address it soon. Because the first eleven, amazing, eleven games, oh, nine wins, one draw, one loss. Not many yeah. teams have started the season that good. Yeah, but, I, yeah. I, I, I think right now the main thing is just to grind out the remaining three games. We're home to them Forest. We got Chelsea and Wolves away. Then we're off to the World Cup. Coming back, main thing is yeah, in Jan we need them two signings, midfielder, and an attacker both. Like a, midf- a midfielder can come in and play as a six and an eight, card multiple positions. Just be an extra body in there so that we have the luxury of giving Jack a, a week off or we have the luxury of rotating Partey. Yeah, even Partey. Yeah. So, prone to pick up an injury. Yeah. Observing that, yeah, he has a case with him over his head as well. So we need to have that insurance policy there come January. Uh, if, if we leave January without signing an, an attacker or at the very least signing a, a, a midfielder, you can have an argument that ESR comes back as an extra attacker. Fair enough. You can push Jesus right in because he's used to playing 60 plus games a season. Fair enough, but... Then, you'll run, then you'll much. run the risk. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you'll run the risk of getting drawn into a top four race. I'm, like I said, I'm not saying it'll happen because we don't know. But like you said, with Liverpool and future proofing, we run the risk of being drawn down to the, yeah. to the rest of the pack. You you get you run the risk of getting drawn to the rest yeah, of the pack but, as but well this season. In, in Jan, we need to strengthen two players, at least, man. We need two players. Midfo- a midfielder and an attacker. Then we're ready to go for the running. Right the, now, also bear in mind we, got, we have ESR coming back. People, also people underestimate this. Zinchenko will be well rested over the World Cup. Ukraine didn't make it. All the guards were well rested. Um, so yeah, man, like Arsenal play the cards right, finish strongly before the World Cup, and mm. come back, pick up where we left off. And I think you look, I think you look at in a very, very good position. Um, in terms of, in terms of um, not having much to lose because at the minute. You're you're exceeding expectations. Yes. Yeah. So you can go into games with little or no pressure, almost because people are not expecting much from you. Um, 
same as us, to be fair as well. And when you have that, and then I feel like we now have, the question have to turn to when people start recognizing Arsenal now, like you said, you know, maybe I disagree, but like you said, you're in a title race. But when when people, when everybody else now start coming around to your way of thinking and say, okay, cool, they are actually title contenders. How do the like? Do you feel like this set of players like have the have the balls for, for to to deal with that situation? Yeah, to be fair, this we've seen multiple times. This team has come through adversity and won games. It's nothing new. But the main thing is the last season. The reason why we didn't make top four was because drop drop up in quality. We lost party. We lost tyranny. We had no one to come in and still and still bless the ship. That's, that's what we missed on top four. Yeah. So now. <clears throat> we've seen what, what can happen if you don't strengthen in January. In January, there's no excuse. There's talent out you can, there. You can't make the same mistake yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. You really cannot make the same mistake. Yeah. Because if you do, but, that's uh, just gross negligence. Like, yeah, because, like I said with Liverpool. Because we, we've been linked with an, with an attacker. Um, Lindstrom from Frankfurt. Tidy player. Can play both sides. Great acceleration. Go for it as well. So that would be a great attacking signing to rotate with Martin Lenny and, and, um, and Saka. In terms of midfield signing, I, I don't know what they have in store. But let's see what they can do in Jan. But right now, the only concrete links we've got is, is in terms of attackers, not, not midfielders. So hopefully, come Jan, picture will be clearer and we can wrap something up before before that that, that run in January. Because after 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 World Cup, we've got a couple of big games. We've got Spurs and United back to back, middle of January. Yeah, and, and those are games where this season you got three points, but in January you need to get minimum four points if you want to stay in the yeah. title race and if you want to build the gap on the top four. I was going to talk about Spurs this segment, but I feel like we need like a proper segment on Spurs because look, yeah. listen, for people who've been listening to this, it's been Nana's been anti-Conte, I've been pro-Conte, but I won't lie, I am staring towards Nana's Nana's camp because look, Man, listen, Mr. listen, Dan-Sam. The thing is that there's, there's been pragmatic and there's taking the piss. And I feel like Conte is in the taking the piss. But for me, don't worry. We'll, we'll find the time to get onto Conte. We, we, can, we can break that on next week because Spurs, uh, Spurs got Liverpool at, at White Lane next week. So we can delve into Conte and Spurs. Yeah, we're going to White Hart Lane next week. I thought yeah. we're playing Leeds. Uh, no, 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 I don't want to go to White Hart Lane, especially in this form. I don't want to go to White Hart Lane. Are they, are they in good form though? Are they? Oh, oh yeah, you, you, you're lucky. You got Leeds. No, nah, but Rico, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Look at what we just spoke about with Liverpool. We lost the bottom of the table away from home. Liverpool have not won a game away from home in the league all season. We've played Fulham. We've played um, Nottingham Forest. Like no, like no disrespect to those teams. There's no reason to be playing those teams and not winning a game. For me, that right. absurd. Yes, Spurs of the Leeds, so we can discuss Conte thoroughly. Yeah. That weekend, certainly that game, weekend, they, they got Bournemouth next week. They're, they're winning that. And the, the, the thing is, we said it off air. And I mean, no, we said it off air. This week is a big test for Spurs, um, United, Newcastle teams in and around them, and they failed. They failed massively. Zero points. But what I want to talk about right now is the re-emergence of the Super League. And the thing is, it's funny how this re-emergence is being. Uh, marketed because before it was marketed as the Champions League is boring, people are bored, we want to see the top teams play against each other all the time. Fair enough, I can agree with some of that line of thinking. Now it's marketed as the Premier League is too rich, us European teams need to find a way to draw the gap. 
And I'm just thinking, you hypocrites, you <laughs> cry babies. Things are going bad for a couple years, and you wanna change I, the I, move. I, I, I don't even know how bad they're going. Fam, the, the, the one outside there when the Premier League was doing tournaments in Asia, fam, back in the day, fam, trying to get that TV though, fam. The one out there, fam, don't hustle it. Well, what's the road and them I need to do here? Preseason tournaments up in Asia, fam, build the market. That's where the money is coming from. The Premier League became rich because of the Far Eastern market. Then everyone caught on, then, then everyone was eating. Like, they need to look at a blueprint. The Asian market is how the Premier League became rich. Oh, yeah, definitely. A- the Asian and is it the Arabian or yeah. Because of all the yeah. streaming. And then all, all you know is those guys are saying, forget streaming. We'll put the TV on our stations. Yeah. We'll put, sorry, yeah. we'll put the games on our station. Look at BN. Yeah. Look at, at BN Sport. Things. Yeah, exactly. like, that's where the money comes from. And then when you look at the streaming, who, what games, what leagues was being streamed the most? The Premier League. Because the that's, Premier what, League. that's what people were interested in. That's why that was one of the main reasons why the Saudi takeover was held up. Don't, don't let any of this uh, social justice warriors lie to you. It wasn't held up because of um, what happened. Money. It was it was held up because of there was a streaming war between Qatar and Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia were allowing a lot of illegal streams of being sports, and Qatar didn't like that. But then they, once they resolved that, that's when Newcastle came in. But for me, the reason why it's so hypocritical, go and look in the late 80s, go and look in the 90s, go and look at the most expensive transfers, go and look at the top 10 and the Ballon d'Ors in those years, and go and look at where they were playing. Go and look at where all the top players went to. They all went to Italy. Every single top player if you're well worth anything you, you went to Italy look Kevin Keegan went there Ian Rush went there Paul Ince went there Paul Gascoigne went yeah. there that's just from the Premier League Ronaldo went there Lotto Mateus went there bare, pe- uh, bare people were going there then once the Italian league lost the source Real Madrid Barcelona that's where the they, they emerged. Look how many players they put from Liverpool, United, and Arsenal. Says Fabregas, um, Luis Suarez, Ruud Van Nistelrooy. Bad players. Bad the top players would leave our clubs and go to Spain. It wasn't a problem then. Yeah, we weren't whining least, then. At least Roma did there were paying their fees and paying their bills. But so they still owe some money for, for Fabregas. Fam. <laughs> 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 now I'm the debt collector. <laughs> but so they owe Man, bare peace, fam. Broke boys. I don't know. Each of my did they pay their money, fam. So right, for right. me, for me, all these owners, um, the Danielis, the Perez, Barcelona, Tebas, the, the, the league president, Tebas. <laughs> for me, I'm thinking. Look, listen. When you guys were taking the piss and buying our players and then all the best players in the world, there was no whining. So stop whining. Get your money up and stop marketing a shy product. Yeah. Simple as. Get, get grinding. And get to Asia, fam. Get start doing La Liga Asia trophy, you know. Barcelona do play friendly over there, you know. Get all the investors out. You know, you know my uh, my views on this when it comes to when it comes to why they're not marketing, they're not marketing all these other leagues. Is that you know the Premier League has always attracted foreign players, foreign talent, and things like that, whereas. When you look at Italian football, especially before you got before they got the money, and even when they got the money, the main thing in Italian football is Italian football's reputation stayed the way it was because they played in a certain way. People knew Italian for being a defensive-minded league, a slower league. There's an identity to Italian football. 
And I feel like I'm speaking because I speak about Italian football the most because I watch it. I watch it, you know, the most out of um, of the leagues outside the Premier League. What has happened is Italy have tried to move with the rest of the world, i.e. signing, just not doing what made Italian football what Italian football is, basically. Do you know what I mean? Uh, um, the style of football changed with everybody else. Um, you have, obviously, now we can see with high pressing and all those kind of things, and you're seeing you're seeing everybody in Italy trying to play either like a Man City or I think that's that's one of the things that a lot of these leagues have lost their value. What made because back in the day you used to identify a league by by a tactic. Do you know what I'm saying? You say, okay, La Liga is where they play this style of football, Serie A is where they play this style of football. That's not the case. I don't know if anybody else sees it like that. I see, you know, I can I can see your point of view, Eric. But wouldn't you say stuff like, for example, not too long ago, Antonio Conte won the league with Inter Milan. Now you're seeing Jose Mourinho find more joy in the Serie A than he did in the in his last two jobs in the Premier League. But wouldn't you say stuff like the fact that AC Milan won the league and the band Divock Origi from Liverpool? That's why I mean that things have become very, very peak for them. Gianluca Scamacca, bro, when Italian football was in its pomp, a young striker like Gianluca oh, Scamacca, he's going Juventus, he's going AC Milan, he's, he's going Inter Juventus Milan, Juventus got blah, bitch. he's, he's going Inter Roma. Juve got Vlaovic and Inter couldn't because they were broke, but back then it didn't matter. You knew a young, good Italian player is going to a top league because A, A they're broke and then B, they're just trying to get knockoffs from from England. So I feel like, yes, Eric, I get your point of view, but at the end of the day, you saw Man City won the league, they got Erling Haaland. People want to tune in week in, week out. It doesn't matter if City are playing Forest, Bournemouth or Fulham. People want to tune in week in, week out to watch Erling Haaland. Nobody, nobody's gonna tune in to watch Divock Origi against Monza. No, no, is, no one wants to see that. Like it's, it sounds thing, harsh, but we have, we have to be honest as football fans at the end of the day, and they also have to be honest. I'm thinking, look, listen, when you had your money, you didn't take advantage of it. Now that you're trying to play catch up, you're, you're playing catch up in the stupidest way possible. I'm like, they, for me, they have to hold it. Italian, they have to hold it. Italian and Spanish football, teams, they have to hold it. There are some teams that are turning it around. Of course, of course, yeah. and I respect Not them. Play off of flying the flag, of flying the flag. But, but, but Rico, this this is what I'm alluding to. Even yeah. with the money not being there, even with teams going away from an from an identity, mm-hmm. teams are still finding a solution. Napoli lost Insigne, Mertens, Koulibaly, Fabian Ruiz, players who were very important, players who were part of the they were core. key. Yeah. They were key. Do you know what they did? Kavanskelia, less than 10, 10 million. 10, 10 M. Um, Raspadori, 25. Raspadori, that Korean centre-back. Um, Yin, Kim Yin, 15 M. And look at how the team has all of a sudden transformed. Anguisa, 15 M as well. Anguisa. There's quality players for cheap that are actually very good and can compete with Premier League players if you get your recruitment right. And when we want to spend big, 
We spend it on a pair like Victor Oshiman. We don't do what Juve did and spend 100 million on Ronaldo, 60 million on Delict, and within two, two three years, and they're gone. bank fraud to get Oshiman, fam. <laughs> Look, listen, listen. Every, everyone is doing fraud. Barca, <laughs> Juve did fraud with uh, Pjanic and Artur. So I, I Barca did fraud with Neymar. They won the treble. So I, I ain't going to be doing accounting into their books. But yeah, what no, I'm there's fraudsters all over the football world. There's fraudsters. But what I'm saying is, N- Napoli is a good example. Milan, how they won the league is, is a good example. But wh- wh- why can't they say, oh, let's recruit better instead of Juve? Ju- Juve are still playing Quadrado. They're still playing um, Danilo, Alexandro, Alexandro Bonucci. Look, listen, when, when you're playing these players and you're playing a certain type of football, there's being pragmatic and there's taking the piss. And that's what certain teams like Juve are doing. So for me, I'm thinking, look, you have to be smart and you have to market your product better. That's why I have, like I said, such sympathy for them. Now, um, they had to hold our to screw the moment to get the playbook. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think Juventus are... Uh... Agnelli, Juventus are a bit of a special case. Um, I think what I was talking about earlier about the teams that are in the that are trying to change change their approach and things like that. I think that's mainly Juventus and when Agnelli was in charge. Um, I think what you have seen is like teams like AC Milan, kind of quietly coming up, and obviously they won a title, um, but they they didn't win it by by spending the amount Juventus did, and they didn't win it by bringing the type of profiles that Juventus bring, like you were saying, the knockoffs. You know what I mean? The knockoff players and, and things like that. And I feel like it all became a bit more, okay, like who's going to get me, who's going to attract the most noise, who's going to bring through the most fans, who's going to get us the most views. And I feel like... For me, that's wrong. Know, that, yeah, exactly. That's wrong, and that's where I, in, in a you know, in a in a, I was gonna say the word sell their soul, but that's that might be a bit too harsh. But you know what I'm trying to say in a bit like they they've compromised their they completely compromised a lot of right, teams yeah. in Italy completely compromised what made the Italian league the Serie A what it is, in just in a desperate bid to 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 play catch up. I do understand where you're coming from, where you don't have sympathy, Daniel. But one thing I will say is that the figures are so astronomical in the favour of the Premier League that you are genuinely not competing. Like, you are not. Yeah, you well, are the one outside, one within the park is, is a trophy, man. The but, one outside, fam. But, but, but Rico, what, what, what I'm saying is, Look at what English football was like in the 80s. If, if you can, if you have a free two hours, go and watch Premier League years 92-93 and go and look how absolutely dire the football was. Yeah. Absolutely dire. Look, go and look at the quality of play. Bro, in, Inter Milan went and got R9, the best player in the whole entire world. AC Milan had Marco Van Basten, Rude Hewlett and then Frank Rijkaard. These were the colour... This idea of the caliber of players that were in Serie A. So there was let's a not point... forget. Let's not sorry to cut you, but let's not forget that you're talking about the turn of the century there, right? Let's not forget who the hallmark of football, who won the World Cup around those times. Of, oh no, of course, of course, of course. But then I'm saying the the gap that we're talking about now 
that gap was there with English football and Italian football. And I'm yeah. happy you said AC Milan because I feel like there's some similarities between AC Milan and Arsenal. AC Milan needed to build. They didn't get, okay, yes, Origi is a knockoff, but they got players like Fikaya Tamori, a player who... 25M. 25M, a player who is a good young talent, a top team in England. Pierre half a mil from... Um, exactly. Leon. Players mm. who or good talents were not appreciated. Layout, but do, 20M. But do you know who else was doing that? Arsenal. They went to Juve, got a Frenchman who was played on the wing for 12 million, Thierry Henry. They went to AC Milan, got a midfielder who Inter. wasn't doing that. Who oh, Vier, wasn't, yeah. Vier, wasn't doing that great, AC Milan. They went, to Inter, Milan. they went to Inter Milan, got a Dutchman who, to be fair, was doing that great because Burkham was got quite high up in the uh, Ballon d'Or. People don't, people forget that. And Arsenal... They got those players. And go and look at Arsenal's record in the last four seasons before Wenger came. Also, when making noises in Europe, Wenger yeah, comes, gets get these players all of a sudden. Arsenal a big noise. All of a sudden, Arsenal a big noise. The Premier League gets a bit, bit, bit of boost. You have the Arsenal-United rivalry. United play Real Madrid in the Champions League. Roman Abramovich watches it. The Glazers watch, watch it. And boom, that's how the Premier League. It didn't just come out of nowhere. It didn't. If you compare how football was in the mid-90s and the 80s, the gap that we're seeing with the Premier League and um, Italian leagues and other leagues was there. It was there. And look, the solution is there. I agree with you. The gap is astronomical. There needs to be some, there needs to be something to bridge the gap. But I'm sorry to just say, oh, let's just get a super league. Okay, Barca, you you sold all of your rights to uh, um, what's called private equity, but you can't get out of the group stage in the Champions League. I'm sorry, G. That's your fault. That's Juve, on you, yeah. That's on you. Juve, you spend 180 million on Ronaldo and Delict. Within two, three years, they're gone. Sorry, G. That's your fault. Now, only Roman Madrid are agree. doing things properly in Europe, fam. Yeah. Only <laughs> Madrid are doing things properly up in Europe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You can. I, I don't know what's going on over at Bayern. To be fair, I haven't. I haven't, I haven't been looking oh, at that. No, 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 no one cares about the repeat MLS, fam. Everyone's bending their dick. Everyone's Wahala is different, fam. My only thing with Super League, yeah, honestly, I, I, the elimination of competition really does piss me off. Like, what are you I'm talking about? I'm the exact same as you. I'm the exact you know same. I mean? Like, what are you talking about? Nobody gets relegated. Like, come on, man. That's... That's football, like that's what I know of football. Your shit, you go down. Like it's as simple as that. Like, well, you know I, mean? yeah, I don't know how they're gonna make you replace the Champions League. That's a lot of negotiation they have to do with UEFA fam because we need a continental competition. Also, they fraud stars in the game, bro. Like fraud stars, the Blatter was not the only one. There yeah. more, many more. Also, like it's not, it's not like the Super League is gonna replace the the, the Premier League. The Premier League has too much money to be replaced, so. It's going to have to replace the Champions League. So they're going to have to negotiate with UEFA how they're going to do this. Yeah. UEFA are running a knock knockoff version of Super League from 2024 anyway. It's going to pick up. Like, if, if it goes through, my thing is it, it will pick up, yeah? And it's just going to plummet because people are going to literally get tired of seeing the same fixtures every so often. That's what makes the Champions League special. Like people remember, okay, cool. The last time we boxed, so when Chelsea did it in, 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 you know, such and such year, 
Like that's what made the Champions League special. It's not special if you see a man every every year, like or every couple of weeks, bro. That's what the league is for. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I'm not for it. I've never been for it, as Daniel know, and I will never be for it. My only thing is the financial thing is that I do have, I do I do have some some form of like not sympathy, but some form of like you know what. Teams like Juventus doing desperate things like buying Ronaldo and the Licks, and then obviously they're gone because ultimately you can't really blame them. You can blame you can blame everything else that's going on. Them the whole club not being good enough and all of that. Having you know what I'm saying they having to leave eventually. Um, yeah, you can you can say teams are being desperate. It just in order to compete, whether that's wrong or right, I don't know. But teams are desperate, Daniel, because the because the gap is so wide. That's why you're seeing a lot of stupidness happen. Teams like Barcelona doing what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? The gap yeah, but, is that but, wide. But, but how come Real Madrid are, are doing okay? They managed to get Real Madrid, many ATM. They they're sweeping up a young talents. They're, they're they're chilling. They're comfy. They're happy. Do you know why though? With Real Madrid, is that they. And to be fair to them, credit to them, to be honest, they built such a unit that went on for so long that in order to sort of like keep the machine going, yeah, they were that good. Tony Cruz, Modric, Modric's still going. Tony Cruz is still going. They were that good that they can plan these things while these men are still bringing them Champions League. Like, and that's where they, the future proven argument comes in. You, you strengthen whilst you're on top. Don't, don't forget, Juve made two Champions League finals in three years. Let's let's actually not forget yeah. that. No, we're not forgetting yeah, that. Juve actually made two Champions League finals in three years. They actually did. Italian teams, well, one Italian team was actually doing bits in the Champions League. And then all of a sudden, they're getting knocked out. And the thing is, not as if Juve got knocked out by Bayern. It's not as if Juve got knocked out by Real. They're flipping and knocked out by Porto. They're flipping and knocked out by Lyon. They're flipping and knocked out by Villarreal. So, like, I do, like, obviously, like, there is a disparity in wealth. But it's, for me, it's very hard. It's no, very no, hard. I, I, and I totally get why. I totally do get why, because these are compelling arguments. Like, you can't be throwing money, like, you know, yeah, yeah you can't be throwing money like you have, and then expect everybody to feel sorry for you when when you're not winning stuff. But yeah, no, I, I hear that to be honest. Put yeah, my hands end up. of the day, yeah, we'll see what happens by 2024 when the new Champions League format comes in. Things might change, but hey, it is what it is. Fam. Wherever the money is, is where the success success will be. I just you just have to follow the money, and, and that's where the outcome will be, man. But yeah, man, it's been a it's been a good episode still. Nah, yeah, I've has enjoyed been. it, guys, man. It has been. But, guys, this has been another episode of Views from the Box. Tune in next week. Hopefully, I'll be smiling. But, look, let's see. Liverpool are disappointing me. But take care, guys. <laughs>